gonna write a book about everything So many things that we can explore Documented in a series of podcasts I'm not sure what we're doing this for Flight 29's big book of everything Burn all the textbooks cause they're obsolete It's our attempt to rewrite history By making podcasts every other week Hi, I'm Dan who cooks dinner I'm Charlie and I'm a winner And I'm eating his food and it makes me grinner (laughs) (laughs) And we're collectively known as Flat 29 And this is Chapter 25, Cooking Now, this week's topic of cooking is based on some listener suggestions, as we requested in the last chapter. We requested that you get in touch with some suggestions for topics, and we had a number of excellent suggestions, a few of which seem to revolve around food, so we thought a food topic would be good. So, listener Chris wrote in and said that we could do one about bagels. Jake said potatoes, and Tom and Sarah both said sweets or sugar in general. While those things in isolation, I don't know if we could talk about potatoes, for half an hour we've combined it all together to take the broad topic of cooking well you know you can do a lot with potatoes <laughs> what, can, what can you do you can boil them yeah you can mash them yeah make fritters make vodka you can put little googly eyes on them and have one as your friend you can fall in love with a potato can you yeah <laughs> has that happened to you no but i can imagine it could <laughs> but then you have to let it go and boil it and eat it <laughs> yeah. yeah well you know whether we could string that out to half an hour is debatable but how, how long have we been doing this now um about 30 seconds oh it's not gonna work is it all right no. we'll, we'll okay. stick with cooking all right <laughs> <laughs> well what are you guys like at cooking are you cooks i'm a bit of a whiz kid in the kitchen <laughs> i don't mind saying are you now this is something that you've started to get into bit more recently isn't it rich yeah yeah i started trying some new recipes and uh you know making some desserts making some mains because i mean i remember when we used to live together you used to eat things like fray bentos pies in a tin oh he loved the fray bentos pie <laughs> i didn't i really didn't you <laughs> waxed lyrical about them for 20 minutes before <laughs> going, oh, i'm having a fray bentos pie this evening this is the highlight of my week my year i did wax lyrical but that was a low point <laughs> It was a low point, you know, I was just getting through with whatever I had. I wasn't, uni's not a time for cooking experimentation. Well, what do you think makes a good cook? What is the recipe for a good cook? Timing. Really? It's interesting because to be a good musician, you need good timing. And and to be a good cook, you need good timing. So, is there like a relationship there? It's transferable skills, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, well... Uh, you also need to be a good musician, maybe a, a good sense of rhythm. Does that come into cooking? I think if you're going to get a decent whisking motion, yeah. isn't it? Kind of, you know, that sort of thing. Also, chopping. Yeah. You have to go like, do, 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 really quickly. Sure. You've got to have a good rhythm for that, and you don't want to cut your fingers off. So. No. Nope. That's frowned upon. And you've got to have good vocal control if you're going to be a big chef and shout orders in the kitchen. Sure. If there's a really horrible chef that shouts a lot, maybe he could be in a screamo band. (laughs) That's good. And all of his songs are about uh, cooking. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, Order for table time! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I always enjoy it when chefs get really, really angry about um, food. 
because this, I think, is my overarching look at all cooking, is that it kind of doesn't really matter a bit. I kind of see that you spend hours and hours creating this amazing meal, and you eat it in half an hour, and then it's gone. If you spent hours and hours creating an amazing song, an amazing work of art, an amazing uh, cure for disease, <laughs> then, you know, these things are going to last. But food is very transient. It's there, it's gone. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you're a foodie, Dan. I'm not really, no. I'm sure you appreciate food, but I don't think you're a foodie. Well, my favourite food is bland food. I absolutely love bland food. The thing is, if you have bland food, it all tends to be kind of a really bland colour as well, so you end up with yeah. kind of a brown and yellow meal. I eat a shit of a lot of beige. I'll tell you that now. <laughs> or teal. <laughs> teal, yeah. Give me a teal meal any day. Ah, uh, it's like porridge. I don't really like porridge. I like porridge. And the thing I like is, I, I, I eat things like porridge and Weetabix and stuff I eat it all without sugar as well so it's just like straight that's up that's the thing isn't it because I can't eat Weetabix without sugar and if you eat it without it it's like eating blandness it's just it? like eating a blank canvas <laughs> I is. can do that but corn, cornflakes need sugar cornflakes See, I, are just like again, the devil's food I eat sh- cornflakes without sugar it is it's, it's like oh. eating the equivalent of nothing it's like eating an element of the periodic table in its purest form yeah exactly cornflakes are are food in its purest form without anything added to it. <laughs> Nothing's happened to cornflakes. <laughs> Literally. They just you just shake them off a tree. That's how they're made. Nothing's happened to it. But even things like, you know, apples and stuff that you do get off a tree have a bit of flavour to them. Cornflakes are just like blank. I, I, I wonder if cornflakes evolved into all the other foods like that is the root it's like the trilobite of the food evolutionary scale right, so be, in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth and then god on the second day god created cornflakes <laughs> yeah. for all food everything came from cornflakes but i keep it real and i just eat cornflakes all the time just like jesus he loved cornflakes <laughs> he did yeah <laughs> actually uh jesus preferred ricicles Oh, did he? Yeah. Because <laughs> he wanted to go into space. Yeah, like Captain Rick. Yeah, because that's the next Bible book. The Bible Part 3, Jesus in Space. The Gospel According to Captain Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Very different look on the world. He's one of the disciples. <laughs> Captain Rick and um, Loopy from uh, uh, Honey Nut <laughs> Yeah, and, and Coco um, the monkey from Coco Pops. So all the serial mascots, basically, are the yeah. saviours of the world. <laughs> well, they're, they're the apostles for Jesus in the, you know, the, <laughs> well, I think the, the New New Testament. If that's the case, I think we can get away with, with even Jesus. Who's, who's going to be the head of the... Uh... To be honest, Dan, I can't yeah. believe you've not read the Gospel according to Tony Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all, it was great! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all it says, and it's just a really long R for about 20 pages. <laughs> his a- yeah, his yeah. anecdotes get really tiresome after a while. Yeah, you know where they're going to end up. <laughs> well, it's just a scene-by-scene thing of all his adverts over the years. <laughs> because the thing is, uh, in the Bible and that, when Jesus was around, people doubted him. People didn't think he was the real Messiah. So how do we know that um, Tony the Tiger isn't really Jesus and long after he's dead, he's going to be worshipped as a god? Well, I suppose there's about as much evidence for both exactly. actually existing, aren't there? So, <laughs> exactly. I think, oh, that is tough They're one. both fun kids' characters. <laughs> but ultimately probably <laughs> unreal. <laughs> I think Tony the Tiger might have the edge because he turns up every day for breakfast, whereas Jesus only comes around twice a year. 
Tony the Tiger's with you every day. Jesus is more of a fair weather friend. Yeah, he gets Christmas and Easter and that's it. But Tony, he's there for you through the good and bad times. Flat Tony 9 have a fortnightly podcast. I download it quick because my broadband is so fast. Flat Tony 9 have a podcast. I download it from the internet. Now it's time to play Guess the Utensil Teaspoon, tablespoon, ladle spoon, wooden spoon Guess the utensil, ladle spoon, wooden spoon Guess the utensil about which we talk A knife for a spoon, or is it a fork? Or something obscure like a pair of tongues are you gonna get it wrong when you guess the utensil? Guess the utensil. This is the new regular section, Guess the Utensil. <laughs> we'll do it every week, you just wait and see. And this is born out of the fact that I had some uh, friends over last night, one of whom is a drama teacher. And we were talking about cooking, as you do, and she just went off and wrote a few short monologues in the character of a particular utensil for the purpose (laughs) (laughs) of a quiz, Guess the Utensil, which I'm going to do with you guys now. So we're going to listen to some, uh, some clips, and they are said from the perspective of a utensil, and you've got to guess what that is. Are you clear on the rules? Are we all good to go? Yeah, yeah we like This yeah. sounds brilliant. Okay. So this is clip one. I am a malicious utensil and like to stir things up. What utensil am I? Wow, that sounds sexual. <laughs> it's a sexy utensil, but what is it? I'm keeping that clip. Um... <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. okay. What do you think? What do you think? Well, stir things up, you know. That's what I'm going to narrow it down on. Yeah. Let me just listen to it again. (laughs) (laughs) No, Rich, put your hands where I can see them. Is it just like a wooden spoon? And the answer is... I am a spoon. Spoon is correct. It is a spoon. You are absolutely right. Because it's malicious because it's stirring up rumours and stuff, I guess. Oh, right, of course, yeah. Okay, second utensil. I am flipping quick and find myself in heated situations quite frequently. Sometimes when a situation gets too hot, I flip out! What do you think? Bloody hell, that was intense. It's an intense utensil. It is an intense utensil. It's an intensil. I don't know, Charlie. What do you think, man? I'm not sure. It's tough. I want to say it's a spatula. Spatula? Let's find out. I am a spatula. You're correct, Charlie. Well done. Spatula, absolutely right. That's a point to Charlie. One all. Okay, next utensil. All right. Sometimes I find that these New Jersey boys really piss me off. I'll tell you what, between you and I, I'd love to mash them up. Master! <laughs> Are you sure, Rich? That was a tough one. <laughs> what a hilarious thing to shout at someone. Is that the name of a masher? There's no other name, is there? I think just potato masher. Potato not... masher. Yeah. But you could mash anything with a masher, couldn't you? You could. <laughs> Let's suppose... not restrict it to function. <laughs> I suppose you're right. Uh, a root vegetable masher? Mm, but you could mash any vegetable. Let's not go bogged down <laughs> in this. Well, let's find out whether you're right. 
I am a potato masher. You're right. Well done, yeah. potato masher. I like that because New Jersey is the name of a potato as well. So very clever. I All appreciated right. the accent as well. Say so. <gasps> good. <laughs> what accent? So that what, what accent was it? I think it was like a Cockney. <laughs> yeah. Potato mashers are generally cockney, aren't they? Yeah, well, they mash people out. I'm going to mash you up. And the final clip, then. All to play for, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) This is the final utensil. Name that utensil. I sometimes find that these things just grate on me. It just gets to the point that it feels like things just go straight through me. Wow. What do you think? There's a lot of angst. A lot of angst. This is an angsty (laughs) utensil. Wow. I'd say it's definitely a cheese grater. Well, let's find out. I am a cheese grater. You are correct, a cheese grater. Well done, Rich. I think whatever the score was, I think you probably won. (laughs) How do you feel? Uh, I feel good. Um, I enjoyed the clips. Um, and I thought that was a great game. It's really um, at my level of knowledge that way as well. I brought it down to your level. <laughs> It's time for another flat 29 hit A comedy song and then we'll talk for a bit Damn girl, you're looking flat 20 fine But when we're in the club, we're dropping flat 20 rhymes When we're in the club, we're dropping flat 20 rhymes And when we're eating breakfast, dropping flat 20 rhymes And when we're in the bath, dropping flat 20 rhymes Now on this podcast, drop some flat 20 rhymes Flat 20 Rhymes is the section where, in each chapter, we make a brand new song about the topic Now, this week's song is the weirdest song that I've done so far. It was done with me and my brother, uh, Tristan, who uh, came over. He is an actor. And we did this song. It's kind of a recipe for world peace is, was the plan. But it took a very weird direction. <laughs> so hopefully this will make sense. <laughs> this is Cook Up A Little Bit Of Love. The world is full of danger, of criminals and thieves And guys with massive armies in foreign territories Sometimes this fucked up world of shit can really get you down But we've cooked up a recipe to turn it all around Turn it all around A hundred grams of kindness and a hundred grams of peace Mix it all together and add some cottage cheese A touch of cooperation is what I'm thinking of And all across the nation we'll cook up a little bit of love We'll get rid of the army and all the navy too We'll make them all pick flowers and give them all to you We'll send mass murdering rapists to do shopping for your mum And shoot all nuclear warheads right into the heart of the sun Into the heart of the sun So add a splash of... And a touch of thanks a lot Find a homeless man and give him all the hugs you've got Then kiss a sex offender and give a thug a grope Wank off a traffic warden and let's cook up a little bit of hope Recycle all the bullets and turn them into toys And give poisonous chunks of lead to all the girls and boys and we'll take days in lieu And if you disagree with us Then we will kill you too We will kill you too 
So let's all dance together, join hands and off we go. Grab a passing murderer and do the dozy dough. Foxtrot with your enemies and salsa with your chums. We'll save the world together and we'll all have a little bit of fun. We're all having fun. The end. Nice. One of my favourite things is the just abrupt ending. It just sort of stops, doesn't it? <laughs> it just I kind like of that. just finishes. It comes and then it goes. Just... And it's like it's never happened. <laughs> just where you were trying to interpret the content, it's gone. <laughs> it's out of there. <laughs> so there we wow. go, a baffling classic. That's out was there. Was that something about whacking off a traffic warden? <laughs> yeah, that's a lyric. That was my favourite <laughs> bit, to be honest. Challenge Charlie, let's take away his dignity and pride. Challenge Charlie, we'll make him do whatever we decide. Challenge Charlie, give him a pointless task, he can't say no. Challenge Charlie, he'll do it or he won't be on the next show. Challenge Charlie is the section of the podcast where Charlie is given a challenge and he has to do it or he is fired from the podcast. Now, for this week's challenge, I got in touch with uh, Charlie earlier in the week and asked him to come up with a brand new recipe that he could present to me and Rich, a recipe which me and Rich could then make live on the podcast and sample here now. Ooh, I'm excited. So now it's time for Cooking with Charlie. Hello, and welcome to Cooking with Charlie. On today's show, we're going to look at a little recipe that... You know, has has many easy uses, especially for the student or those of us who are short of time. So talk us through it then. What are the steps? So I think the first thing to do is probably to get the bread. Do you both have bread? Let me get my bread. Yeah. Got some sliced white. I've got some uh, bread that I've cut myself. Oh, extra points to Mr. Green here. I've pre-buttered my bread. Good. Good. Um, I haven't. Would you like me to butter mine now? If you have some butter on hand, then that would... I do. that, That would be good then. It's not essential for those of you who are diet conscious. Um, there's, no, <laughs> there's no need for the butter, but uh, it does have that extra little bit just... Mm. Okay, well, I, I'm buttering now. It just lubricates the experience. It does, Rich, yeah. it does. You're right. Yes. Right, I'm buttered up. Now what? Nice one. I would say that the next stage is probably to uh, thinly slice your cheese. Um, thinly okay. slice you could, cheese. You could grate it, I suppose, but I think, you know, texture is important in cooking as well as flavour. So I think... That's true. You know, it kind is. of... Uh, a sort of flaked cheese or, uh, yeah, just sort of thinly sliced. Okay. Well, I've got some medium cheddar and I do have a cheese slice as well. So I will be getting some thinly sliced I've cheese. T- I've taken the layman's option. My lid armor was pre-sliced in the packet. So uh, wow. that's all been... That's good. That's a time saver. That's a good tip, Rich. That's a good tip. <laughs> Making a sandwich is not all about an hour slog. Um, sometimes it can be quick. It's so. a quick and simple snack. I'd go as far as to say if you're spending an hour <laughs> making a sandwich, then you're doing something really, you really quite are, wrong. Yeah. That or it's going to be an absolutely amazing sandwich. <laughs> True. Right, I'm cheesed up. My cheese is on the bread. Right, I think the next step is probably to create the sort of dressing that goes over the sweet corn. So okay. if you get some uh, balsamic vinegar, say... I don't know, a couple of tablespoons, really. You sort of want a, a hint of it. You don't want to sort of... You don't want to make it too moist because it's going in the sandwich. It's more just to get the flavour and the hint of it in there. Just a hint. Right. Just a hint. 
And what are we doing with You're that? You're going to add um, a sort of pinch of sugar to it. It's just to... Because, it, you know, that sort of thing with tomatoes tend to be sweeter than perhaps sweet corn is. It's just to give a little edge to it and balance out the vinegar. OK, so we're actually creating a sauce here. I like it. OK, I'm mixing my sauce then in a coffee cup. Nice. I'm going to pour in a little bit of uh, balsamic there. Smells lovely. Right, OK. Balsamic's in. I've gone straight... I'm, I'm, just, I'm just stirring my balsamic sauce okay I've got my sauce ready good is your sweet corn drained Dan oh no let me open it we're trying to minimise the moisture because we don't want soggy bread this is important alright I've got my sweet corn Charlie I'm good to go okay now you want to mix those two together and try and sort of coat the sweet corn in in the balsamic get a sort of even mix of dressing and sweet corn together so it's your sweet corn is, is is moist from the dressing but not overly watery now i think right. I've, I've i've already started that charlie i'm mixing it but i may mm-hmm. have put in a little bit too much balsamic but you know it's not an exact science it's not it's not all right charlie i've made my mixture and you want to take a, a sort of a spoonful of that and put it in the middle of your sandwich in the middle of the, the cheese so nestle it in the, in a in a nest of cheese Ooh. in your sandwich beautiful yeah. The colours look amazing, Charlie. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's such a great dish. <laughs> well, you see, if you were doing this... I mean, we were just doing this purely to, as an example of, of more unusual ingredients, but perhaps you could put in, you know, maybe some tomatoes or something to put a bit more colour to it. Um, perhaps maybe, you know, some uh, sort of watercress or rocket to add another sort of extra bitter undertone to it. Something like that, but... We're not doing that today. Okay, I'm holding up the cross-section of my sandwich now. It looks weird. It Um, does look weird. So I've got mine sort of... I've spread out my sweet corn now, so it's covering the bread. Uh, The the balsamic has kind of seeped into the bread bread in quite an appealing-looking way. Now, uh, you could put another layer of cheese on, or you could just slap on the other bit of bread. I don't know... How you guys are feeling it? How cheesy you like your sandwiches? Whatever I do, I'm definitely slapping something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting the extra balsamic I didn't use just as a little spread on the other bit of bread. Interesting. Oh, good idea. Yeah. I'm going to do that as well. It's a, it's controversial, know. but let's see what happens. I mean, it's probably mm, a it. glutton for punishment. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spread a bit of that over. Lovely, right. And now I'm going to slap my bread on. I feel like yeah. with my mild, my medium cheddar, I feel like uh, an extra layer of cheese might be a bit much. So, I have completed the sandwich. Um, just quickly, presentation, Rich. Marks out of ten. How does it look? It's looking good. I mean, I'm not, I've am not. i not got a cutting utensil, so I'm just going for full bread. He's going for the man sandwich. size sandwich. Okay. And it looks okay. great. I mean, presentation, it's a sandwich. Um, <laughs> There's only so much you can do with it. so much you can do. Um, it looks like bread. The, uh, the fillings with in, some things in the it. The filling's indeterminate at the moment. But. <laughs> okay. All right, let's do it. This is the grand taste test of Charlie's recipe. <laughs> this is good. See, because I've never eaten this. I just made mm. it up on the spur of the moment. So I'm intrigued. I genuinely like it. I'm so surprised. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charlie, I'm very pleased with that. I'm going to give it an 8 on 10. Whoa. Wow. I'm going to give it 8 on 10. Well, there we go. The Flat 29 seal of approval for Charlie's sandwich recipe. 
Um, if you would like to make these at home, the recipe sheet will be available on flat29.com slash podcast. Click on chapters. You will see the link there. You'll really need the recipe sheet. <laughs> yeah, it's really quite complex. <laughs> So, excellent work, Charlie. That was a delicious recipe. Now, you also came up with a few other recipes as well, and I think we should try out another one. You came up with a more um, ambitious recipe for a pasta dish, didn't you? Um, yeah, this is just a basic pasta dish. Uh, I'd recommend using something like a sort of maybe fusilli or radiatore pasta, something of that sort of, you know, not a tube one, but something else. Um, okay. And then, really, you've got your traditional elements, such as uh, maybe some rocket in there or some watercress, something that's quite bitter-leaved thing in there. Okay. Um, some toasted pine nuts uh, and a bit of fresh parmesan just to kind of keep it very Italian. Right. And then the key ingredient here is, as it's coming up to Christmas, uh, and there's a lot of them in the shops, uh, maybe get a clementine or, a, you know, an orange ah. of some sort. And, uh, okay. Yeah, the, you really just want kind of a few finely diced segments of that just sort of tossed in with all the other ingredients in there so how do i cook it at what point do i boil the pasta first on its own yes yes no most of that is can just be tossed in afterwards once you've got the hot pasta just mix it in quickly and eat straight away there's no need to cook so you don't actually cook the orange no no it's more just to provide that sort of fresh citrus zing okay well we will now cut to me later in the week making this dish here i am Hello, you're listening to me a few days into the future and I'm here ready to make uh, orange pasta. I'm going to go off recipe immediately at the start because I haven't got any of Charlie's fancy pasta types. I've just got spaghetti, uh, run-of-the-mill common or garden spaghetti. So while that is boiling, I'm going to get some pine nuts, which is what Charlie suggested. Now, pine nuts are cripplingly expensive, I found out. This tiny bag cost, I think, about £3.50. What's going on with these pines? Okay, I'm gonna put the tray of pine nuts and olive oil into the oven. If I ruin this, then that is about a fiver down the drain, so fingers crossed. Um, right, the pine nuts, I reckon, are probably done. I'm going to evacuate uh, the pine nuts because I feel like they're going to... Is that a cooking test? ...die in there. Evacuate the pine nuts! Okay, now, first test, is my amount of pasta adequate? I would say no. <laughs> Let's go for the rocket. Um, right, now I'm going to go for the key ingredient, which makes this whole thing from a regular pasta salad into a whole new world of culinary delights, which is the orange. I'm going to stack it up. I'm having to do a bit of rearranging here, and it's not looking great. I'm stacking the orange underneath the uh, rocket. Is that important? Um, I feel like it is for some reason, because the rocket has got to go on top, because it's a bit like a space rocket, <laughs> the way I see it. <laughs> the pine nuts go underneath because I'm sick of the sight of them. <laughs> Good. Are you happy with that one, Emily? Uh, it looks nice, yeah. Yeah? It looks interesting. Just Let's just see Let's how just it tastes. Let's just see how it tastes. Hmm. Hmm. 
To be honest, I I'm think it is mi- missing just a little bit of parmesan, but... Oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't buy it. <laughs> I didn't have any more money after the pine nuts. <laughs> I had to sell all my possessions to buy them. <laughs> it's not horrible. I think <laughs> no, I think it's quite good, actually. I think the orange actually works quite well. But I think you're right. I think it needs maybe some sort of glue to hold the whole thing together. Possibly glue <laughs> or maybe parmesan I think would be good so that was it really final grade out of ten about a six and a half six and a half I'm gonna have to give it a six work in progress mm. that's the end right now you're gonna hear the rest of the podcast with me from the past couple of days ago he doesn't even know all of this stuff that's happened he hasn't even had to buy any pine nuts yet he's living in blissful ignorance Tell him so to buy the parmesan oh yeah good idea oi me that you're going to hear in a minute buy the parmesan and seek out a more cost effective way of getting pine nuts okay here he is now bye champs and champs champs and champs it's time to figure out who is a champ or a chump champ Champs and Chumps is a section where we do a quiz to find out who is going to be this week's champ and who is going to be this week's chump. Now, this week I have a list of recipes, some real delicacies from around the world, and I want you to tell me whether they are real delicacies or not real, and I have made them up. Are we clear on the rules? Yes. Yes. My first one, then, is to Rich. Chicken wine from Vietnam. The raw chicken is left in a bottle of wine for months to let the alcohol kill any bacteria, which means it's not dangerous, but you do have a massive chicken in your bottle of wine. To drink it, you just pour it out and you're left with a raw chicken in the bottom of the bottle. Okay, so what are we eating and drink? Is this the wine or is this the chicken? What am I eating? I'm confused. You drink the wine. All right, okay. I think the chicken is literally there for flavouring. The thing is, chicken flavour really isn't going to be nice to drink in wine. <laughs> so you, you reckon? It sounds like some, some kind of mad cat person would do, but I'm going to say no for the sanity of the world. <laughs> well, you are correct. Yeah. That is a lie. Well <laughs> done. There is no such thing as chicken wine. There is, however, snake wine, which is a very similar system. Mm. You put a snake in a bottle of wine and then you drink the wine. Oh, that would be, that be delicious, obviously. That would be, that'd be delicious, <laughs> and no question. Chicken wine, you are correctly identified as false. All right, Charlie, you're going. Okay. Puffin heart. Ooh. It's a delicacy in Iceland. Although puffins are awesome, in Iceland the novelty value of them is slightly warm off and they're a bloody nuisance. So basically they get a puffin, skin it, and then eat their still-beating heart raw. And then for dessert they eat its soul. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I'm sure they eat the heart of something. I'm just not sure whether it's going to be puffin. <laughs> <laughs> they must eat the heart of something. Who doesn't? Sounds really cruel, doesn't it? It does sound quite cruel. I think a lot of these, when I was looking up uh, these examples, a lot of them are really very cruel. I don't think it's a puffin I think it'd be something else so I'm going to say it's false you think that's false yeah well Charlie you're wrong that is actually uh... true puffin hearts yum 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 they love them apparently it looked grim I saw some pictures it looked absolutely disgusting there you go so Rich is in the lead 1-0 oh my gosh this is an exciting development almost unheard of unprecedented in Champs and Champs it's happened before (laughs) let's see if Charlie can pull it back alright then Rich okay hit me meat crisps 
currently in development in the UK. They are thin slices of pulverised beef, fried and salted, and the head of the Meaty Crisp company said, We envisage selling these in Pringle-style tubes with the crisps stacked up. <laughs> oh, did he? That is a direct quote. <laughs> what, what a shit quote. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Can you imagine someone right. saying that? And I think it was the spig specimen for some company that once said, we're going to stack them in Pringle Park. I don't think it's a quote that's going to go down in history, no. Can you imagine someone quoting that in like their final paper or something. Yeah. I'm going to say this world's gone crazy, and I'm going to say that's true. <laughs> You are correct, yeah. Rich. That is actually true. Meat crisps, they are in development in the UK, and that was mm. literally a direct quote. Ooh. Pringle-style tubes, crisps stacked up. Classic times. Do they have a brand name yet? I don't know if they do, no. I think they... When I, I read a, an article which was dated February, which said they were in development, so who knows? Any, t- any day now, they could be on the shelves. I want them to call them MISPs. MISPs. That's a good idea. Or Mingles. Yeah, Mingles. Because of the Pringles thing. Charlie, your last one. Fish sperm. It's a delicacy in Japan, the sperm of a cod, served cooked or raw, depending on your taste, and garnished with mint. Particularly cod? (laughs) Particularly cod, yes. It's the one that tastes the best. (laughs) They tried a lot of different (laughs) sperm, and they went with cod. Yeah. I can imagine them writing a letter to the cod. Dear cod, we've tasted a variety of different fish sperms now, and we'd like to congratulate you on having the most tasty sperm. Cod, cod will be delighted by this development, won't they? Because rather than being killed, just going to be wanked off for the rest of their life. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think then, Charlie? It's false. It's true, I'm oh, afraid. Oh my God, oh, what no. a shocker. It is literally true, and it is particularly cod, and it is in Japan, and you garnish it with mint, oh. I'm afraid, Charlie. <laughs> Why wouldn't this you? This is absolutely <laughs> unprecedented, but Charlie, you have lost oh, Champs and Champs. Yeah! What are we going to do now? (laughs) Let's have a party on behalf of myself. (laughs) To be honest, right, I think we should cancel the quiz now. I think we should. Because what happened in the history with Champs and Jumps is that it became a feature that Charlie always won and now he hasn't won uh, what are we going to do no. with ourselves we've broken with like the fabric of time oh, we have haven't we I'm not happy he's not happy you know I'm not happy we need to keep <laughs> I'm not happy I thought I would be jubilant but feels hollow for some reason <laughs> Well, there we go. The landscape of Champs and Chumps has changed forever. Wow. Do you still have the jingle? <laughs> I do. Well, what, this gives us an opportunity to play a jingle that has never yet been played on uh, the Flat 29 podcast, the Rich winning jingle. Here it is. Enjoy it, Rich. Thanks. Rich is a chump. Charlie's a chump. And now we know exactly who is a chump. Charlie. Who's been getting in touch with us? Let's look at the letters page. Let's see who's been getting in touch with us in the last couple of weeks since our previous podcast. We had a letter in from listener Cassie on the subject of our Chapter 21, Fitness, and she said... I've been considering joining the gym recently, but then I heard your chapter on fitness and going for a jog. All I can say is that I haven't laughed so much at a song before I heard that. As soon as the words motherfucking jog were sung, I burst out laughing. P.S. You can still get fruit polos. I had some when I went to London a few weeks ago. Yum. (laughs) P.P.S. 
Can I be your Renaissance assassin? <laughs> All right, well, let's deal with these points in order. One, yes, you can. <laughs> We're still looking out for a Renaissance assassin, <laughs> and you've got it, Cassie. <laughs> If you are interested in applying for a Flat29 job, remember flat29.com slash vacancies and fill in the application form. Now, fruit polos, they're still available. That's exciting news, isn't it? That is good news. I think I'd have some fruit polos on my rider when we go on tour. Would you? Yeah. When are we going on tour? Like, Do you know what? I would as well, and I'd request that they were kept in someone's pocket for a day and so they all stuck together oh, so I quite like that no that ruined it for me I'd put I'd I'd have them refrigerated Dan yeah, really you're going for the exact opposite I like them when they're all stuck together because then you can like pick off like maybe three at once and eat them as if they're one that's giant true. fruit polo is it my imagination or were they tingly in the mouth I think that's <laughs> your imagination okay <laughs> maybe that's still the sweet corn sandwich yeah your imagination is tingly in my mouth <laughs> oh, I don't want to know that doesn't mean anything <laughs> thanks for letting us know Cassie if you have spotted fruit polos in your area <laughs> please let us know because I'd like some yeah. I generally like to eat some twit pick Twit pick it. Also, I'd like some toffos. If you see any toffos or any 90s sweets, let's open it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do let us know. We also got a letter in from listener Isaac, who said... I was listening to chapter eight of your podcast, where you mentioned that you would all like to go to somewhere called Farmageddon or something. But it wasn't open until October 2010. Given that this time is now upon us now, will you all go... Thanks for the podcast, Isaac. Right, well, he's called us up on our um, throwaway comment about, yeah, we'll go in October yeah. 2010. <laughs> it seemed so far away, but here we are. I, I feel bad because we obviously haven't gone. <laughs> I'm not in the country. I can't go. Ah, that's a bloody good excuse. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to join that brigade. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not in the country either. I can't go. <laughs> Me neither. I think, though, I think we should go. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, but we can't yet. Is it open all year, though, Dan? I think it must be. No, that was the problem. It was It's seasonal. It only opens between kind of October and Christmas or something. Well, let, hang on. I'm checking it now. Give me two seconds. Okay. This is... I'm tense. Oh, God, I forgot. When you go on the website, it's um, a screaming demon <laughs> shoots a fireball at you. Something <laughs> scary. Did you shit your pants slightly? Slightly. <laughs> Twit pick. That's um, <laughs> <sweat. laughs> Oh, where's the... Is it literally only open in October? It looks like Maybe it, it is, yeah. It's not open very much, is it? That's so bloody exclusive. Well, I've just checked the website, and it is only October. It's only open in October every year. And it's, what, November now? It's, it's almost mid-November. Uh. We have totally missed the boat on Farmageddon. Right, Isaac, I'm giving you a job now. Next October, <laughs> October 2011... Please tell us again, and we'll go. At the start of October. At <laughs> the start of October, preferably. Thing is, he probably did tell us at the start of October. <laughs> this is the thing. We've I only think just he got actually did. To it. But, you know, send well, it. A musical got in the way, and so we got a backlog of emails, yeah. and so, yeah, we, we, we couldn't go. But sorry about that, Isaac, but next year, let us know, and we'll do it. You have our Flat 29 word of honour. Which, as you know, counts for shit. <laughs> it counts yeah. for nothing. It's flimsy and not legal. Binding. 
finally then, we got an email from listener Adam referring to the references we have made to peaks and troughs in the podcast. Uh, in ver- past chapters, we have mentioned about peaks, high points of the podcast, and troughs, low points of the podcast. See if you can spot any in today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> but we got a letter on that subject from listener Adam. He said, Could peaks and troughs have a spin-off series where maverick detective Ian Peak investigates brutal murders and mysteries amongst the Scottish Highlands. To help him, he has a companion who is a pig, much like Diefenbaker in Due South, except it is a pig, not a dog, who sniffs out criminals and truffles. Sometimes the investigations go very well, and other times really badly. They feel very low, especially troughs. Peaks is an optimist, though. Perhaps Rich could be Peaks. I love the fact that there's a guy called Ian Peak. That's funny. That's fun to say. It is good. Oh, I love I love the kind of like <laughs> depressive pig. <laughs> How are you feeling, troughs? Oh, I'm in a real downer. <laughs> you can't really go searching for crime if you're constantly depressed, can you? I know, but that's why Ian Peake's optimism cancels it all out. <laughs> Come on, troughs, look on the bright side. Oh, <laughs> what bright side? Classic troughs. Thank you very much for all the letters. We really enjoy receiving them and reading them. Uh, sorry if we can't read them all out, but if you have a letter that you would like to send us relating to items in the podcast, you can get in touch at podcast at flat29.com. We'll see you there. Now, I hate to finish the podcast on a trough, (laughs) but what would you have for your last supper? Let's say we're all due to be executed for some podcasting-based crime. What are you going to have for your last meal? We could have popping candy. (laughs) Why? Because it could could add like a comic element to the last supper. (laughs) So you eat raw popcorn, like not popped. Just the kernels. Yeah. And then when you're being electrocuted, they all pop out of your mouth. That's one way you become a human popcorn dispenser. Yeah. I mean, it's quite... You say funny. I don't think many people are going to be... I think it's going to be quite depressing looking. Sounds like Saw 6, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's more like torture porn. I actually meant they popping candy, not popping corn. Like pop rock stuff. You know that stuff. I just... I've just got a phone call. <laughs> okay, uh, Mr. Hotshot. Uh, uh, hello, I'm all right. So I'm just recording the podcast. Can I call you back in a bit? No. Go on then, quickly. VGA. VGA. Okay. All right, cool. Cheers, bye. Bye. Just a VGA-related call. <laughs> 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 Put that in as an extra. That's definitely going on the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fiji. Just Fiji, yeah. All right. Uh, what were we saying? Yeah, sorry, popping candy. What, what did you I mean s- by I that? meant popping candy, really, Dan. The stuff you... What's that? You eat it. Well, you think you've eaten it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what no. is this? You eat, haven't you had it? You eat it and, like, it pops around in the back of your throat. 
or in your belly and stuff. No, you know, I don't it. think I have. You're crazy. Do you know what he's talking about, Charlie? I know exactly what he's talking about. I'm <laughs> just sitting here in a stunned silence that you have no idea what it is at all. Popping candy. All the listeners know. It's just me, isn't it? Find it. You can still buy it in newsagents and uh, stuff. I'm in a right trough right now. Yeah, you need to buy some, man. Okay, well, I'll do it. Where can I buy it from? You can probably London, confiscate imagine. some from some, some kids on the street. <laughs> confiscate <laughs> yeah, one from... <laughs> for some kids on the street. <laughs> hey, young man, give me that popping candy. Yes, sir. All right, well, I'll do that then. <laughs> that's, how Dan, that's how Dan forms the basis of his diet, confiscating uh, candy from kids. <laughs> okay. All right, well, popping candy then. I'll, I'll have to take your word for it. Well, I'm just trying to inject a bit of fun into the last supper, all right? <laughs> okay. I think that's much needed, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah. often a depressing affair. Um, what else then? I think maybe you could arrange the meal like a smiley face. Could that make it a bit more fun? As long as you were first to the buffet table. Uh, I don't know if you'd have a buffet. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wouldn't want other people having it. This is for me. I was talking about a sit-down meal. Everyone gets a different course of their own. Oh, because we're all being executed together, aren't we? Hmm. Okay, so maybe we could have a buffet. Yeah, maybe we could. All right. Arranged in a smiley face. (laughs) That'd be nice. You could have... Maybe you could have a saveloy for the smiley mouth. Yeah. Eggs for eyes. Tomato for the nose. Perfect. Potato hair. Yeah. And a marrow penis. Uh, would you eat a bot? <laughs> would you? <laughs> so, is that healthy to eat a man before you're going to die? Anything goes when you're just about to die, I think. I suppose so, isn't it? You can do what you like. You can have a sweet corn and cheese and balsamic vinegar sandwich. And... Hang on a minute. That's not what we've been doing, is it? Are we about to be executed? Is that the grand finale of this chapter? Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Well, bit of jeopardy there for the listeners. <laughs> Let's see what happens in the next couple of minutes. The jeopardy has begun. <laughs> Enjoy Begin the jeopardy. Begin the jeopardy now. So that was it. That was Flat 29, Big Book of Everything, Chapter 25 on cooking. Now, a big event in the last couple of weeks between our last two podcasts was the release of our Sherlock Holmes the Musical Commemorative Special Edition CD. If you enjoyed the Sherlock Holmes the Musical, then hey, why not go and buy the CD? It's amazing. What you will get is a full quality, amazing version of the musical itself. All of the songs, individual files, lovely remastered, sounding amazing. And shitloads of extras. We've got videos of us performing the songs, live recordings of us performing the songs. We've got a songbook with all the lyrics and chords for you to sing along at home. Some MIDI files for any budding musicians to program their own versions. There are deleted scenes, extra bits that weren't in the musical. There is a full director's commentary of us talking about the musical like it was the most important work of art (laughs) in the world. Because it (laughs) It was. If you would like a copy, head on down to flatsoonsound.com and click on CD Downloads, at which point you will see the link for the Sherlock Holmes musical. Now, it is on a pay-what-you-like style fee, so there is a minimum charge of £2 to cover costs, that kind of thing, but above that, please pay as much as you like or as you can towards the CD, and all the money obviously will go to be funding our Flat 29 future project server costs all those kind of things and we would really like uh, any kind of donation that you can afford in return for the CD and we hope you really enjoy it uh. also worth noting is that this chapter 25 marks our one year anniversary of 
the big book of everything. So happy anniversary, Charlie and Rich. Happy, happy anniversary, anniversary Dan. Happy anniversary. Hooray. Uh, we are we are a year old. Uh, Thank you very much, listeners, for supporting us over the last year or yeah. so. We've had a bloody blast, and long may it continue for the next year. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. And finally, have we been executed? Yes. Just, ah. oh, <laughs> Uh, have we? Uh, I don't know. No, maybe not. So no, we have not been executed. Jeopardy over. You can relax again. We will see you in two weeks' time with Chapter 26. We'll see you then. Bye! Bye! Big book of everything. Another topic down. A millions to go. We've covered that in enormous detail. There's nothing else you could possibly want to know. going to make a wonderful pun there and it cut out. <sighs> Life is tough today. Mm, peanuts. <laughs>